Welcome to What's Your Jersey podcast. I am your host, Jacqueline Marfuji. And guys, I'm I'm gonna keep it real short up top because I am very excited for my guest this week. And we have a lot of shit to talk about. There's so much cool stuff going on. I feel like I have so much more energy today because football season's finally here. Like, I just feel like life is like back to normal again. Kids are going back to school. Everything's happening. The VMAs just happened. And for those of you that have been listening for the past two years, the VMAs are like my Super Bowl. So I'm very excited to talk about that. Um, And if you're also just tuning in for the first time, I like to call my listeners meatballs. So you're officially a meatball if you're listening. I hope you're having a great day. I don't know. You're probably stuck in traffic in your car or cleaning your house or just, you know, on a nice walk wherever you listen to podcasts. Please, please, please subscribe, rate, review, and be nice. And my favorite thing is share with your friends because that's how I find out about my favorite podcast. People just share them with me. Um, Also, I am touring a little bit and I want to meet you guys and I want to see you at shows. So I'm actually going to be on the East Coast coming third week in September. I am hosting a whole show for Mike Marino at Gotham Comedy Club in New York City. That's September 19th, 8 p.m. And then we'll be at Tiff's Comedy Club. I'm featuring for him on the 20th and 21st in Mars Plains, New Jersey, Meatballs. So very on brand with the pod. Uh, So guys, come out. And then I will also be in Vegas. I'm performing. I don't even, I forget the name of the place off the top of my head right now. I texted Natasha Pearl Hansen, who you've heard on the podcast before. She's the one organizing this entire show, but I do know it will be on Monday, September 16th. It's in Las Vegas. I will post all the times where it is, but we're also hosting a pool party the day before. It's a whole thing. So if you're in Vegas on, we, we fly in on the 14th. We'll be there the 14th, 15th, and 16th. Please hit me up. I want to see you at shows. All right, guys, we went through all the things. We are going to get to my guest. We just did a comedy show together, and I found out so much about you just from sitting and talking to you. We were bitching about like our our side jobs and working out and being in the gym, and I found out he's a fucking professional wrestler on top of being a comedian. Like, oh, my God. Uh, guys, he's amazing. He's Chicago-born. He has done so much cool shit. Uh, you have a Spike Lee joint coming out. Oh, no, I was it's already out. in it. Yeah. It's already in it. Chirac? Yeah, yeah Chirac. It, was out in two, it came out in 2015. It's available on Amazon right I now. I was watching clips from it. Yeah, and it's, you available, were, it's available on Amazon right now. You're a boss. Um, yeah, so you're a professional wrestler, comedian. You can check him out on Collider. And, you know, he has his own podcast called The Mad Titan Podcast. Yeah. And it's he's just awesome. Sirius XM, Netflix, VH1, all the things. Jay Washington, Fucking welcome to what's going uh, Thank you for having me. This is so dope. I like your energy oh. already. <laughs> so dope. Like, because I've already done shows with you. So, you know what I'm saying? You know how a person is on stage. Yeah. But, like, when people have their own podcast, it's like, all right, is this going to be one of those, let's dim the lights and have incense? You know, because some people <laughs> Which are I like kind that. Of had. <laughs> but, no, I'm saying some people are like that, though. Yeah. But your, your energy is still the same. So, I'm happy to be here. Thank you. Oh, my God. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, God. Guys, I'm sitting. Jay has kind eyes. I, I thought that from the second I met him. Like, you are just good people. Thank and you, you. you just, you can tell. Um, also, it was Jay's birthday la- last week, right? This past Sunday. This past Sunday. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. Was this past Sunday, what was the date? 
August twenty fifth. My best friend's birthday is August twenty fifth. Yeah. Yeah. Good people are born on August twenty fifth. Damn right we are. Yes. Damn right we are. And I'm an asshole because I had an inkling. Okay, so Jay, I always have meatballs for my guests. Right. But today I was like, fuck, I feel like Jay told me he was vegan or vegetarian. I can't remember. So I texted him, but then I took training. I took a class. I didn't look at my phone. <laughs> and then I went to Whole Foods after and I was like, let me get him a birthday cake. I let's just get him a birthday cupcake, not cake. That would be creepy um <laughs> well you know what it wouldn't because nobody got me a cake i'm not gonna even lie to you i kind of wanted a cake i, I feel like I, as it you know what the kid in me always love having a birthday cake whether i finish it all or not oh totally and it's something about just i haven't had a birthday cake in so long be like okay one. jay i'm gonna sing happy birthday you're gonna blow out that candle right, Damn now. right happy birthday to you happy birthday to you <laughs> happy birthday dear jay <laughs> happy birthday to you did you make a wish? Yes, I did. Okay, good. <laughs> yes, I did. Good. Well, there's also an apple sitting next to the birthday cupcake with a candle in it because I was like, oh, fuck, he's vegan. Well, you, like I told you earlier, it's a balanced diet. You know what I'm saying? You get your natural sweets, then your artificial sweets. It's get your veggies and then your somewhat veggies in the cupcake. I feel so. like it embodies both of us. Oh, it does. It's sweet and fluffy and, and nice and healthy and good for you. Yeah, we snaps yeah we, we do both like yes, we absolutely. can eat pee we've eaten pizza together damn right yeah but it wasn't real pizza but not a, <laughs> no, i'm a chicagoan so i'm always you know I'm, I'm real critical when it comes to pizza a lot of people are like oh you gotta just accept it. i'm like no i don't i'm born and raised in chicago no i don't where do you go for pizza in chicago like i need to know that i'm a giordano's dude i'll go to home run ins every home run in every now and then i do this place called beggar's pizza i used to well let me say i used to before everything my diet am i changing uh, because they used to pile the cheese on thick naturally so you wouldn't have to ask for extra. <gasps> and it was just so glorious. Uh, I would live inside that pizza. I would, you could. <laughs> you probably could put a home in the damn pizza. A as duplex. Much, <laughs> as much cheese they put on it. Uh, Lou Malnati's. I'm not a fan of Pequod's. There's a big place called Pequod's out there. But those are some of the basic ones I'm fans of. I feel like I've heard my best friend Melissa Sosa. Shout out, Melissa. Um, talk about Giordano's before. Giordano's is amazing. Yeah. Is amazing. Why is it so amazing? Well, it's so Everybody automatically thinks Chicago pizza and thinks deep dish or stuffed. Yeah. That's not all. We we have thin crust as well. But Giordano's has a stuffed pizza. And it's like, instead of different pieces of sausage, it's like a giant sausage patty. Oh, my God. It is just in a, oh, it's just stuffed. And then it's a layer of cheese. And then it's a layer of, like, thin layer of dough on top. So it's stuffed. It's like a pie. It's so fucking beautiful. I feel like we all need to take a break <laughs> um, to go clean ourselves up because that was so sexual. It is. Um, the it pizza is. to me is, like, talk dirty to me. Talk to me about pizza, oh. cheese, food, everything. And I'm, like, immediately, That's like, That's the yes. hardest part. That's the hardest part being on this uh, new diet and this new life, life lifestyle plan I have. Yeah. So can you tell us like how that changed and how that ha- we're okay. going to get into okay. a lot of things too, but it awesome just came man. up. Yeah. So so back. So I'll give you the whole timeline for it, pretty much. Last year and even before that, I was I thought I was working out right and everything, and I was just big and I just was doing stuff, and I wasn't as healthy as I thought I was. Yeah. So last February, uh, the week of the Super Bowl, I got a sore throat out of nowhere. Um, leading up to it, I went to the, doc- the emergency room because my throat was sore. And at first I was like, this is all right. I can push through it. But then I realized I got health insurance. I can go to the doctor. Yeah. So I went to the emergency room on Friday. They gave me prednisone, sent me back. I went Saturday. They gave me uh, a coating cough syrup. I had to ask the doctor, does it look like I'm a fucking rapper to you? Yeah. And then it sent me back. <laughs> so then I was so sick. Um, Super Bowl Sunday. And then Monday I couldn't, I couldn't do nothing but keep coughing and spitting up phlegm. And I couldn't swallow water. 
That's when I knew it started getting bad, when I couldn't swallow water. So I went back to the hospital that Tuesday morning, like 5 in the morning, uh, go to the ER. They finally see my neck is inflamed and everything. They tell me I basically had my epiglottis was swelling up. My windpipe was swelling up. So they took me to the emergency, to the operating room. They intubated me, put me to sleep. When I woke up the next day, I didn't have a tube in my nose or my mouth. I had a tube in my throat. And they told me, basically, I had an abscess that ruptured in my throat. And I had pus and air all in my neck. And they had to cut into my lymph nodes on both sides of my neck and give me an emergency tracheotomy. Because had I not come in that day, I came in, I'd have died. So I was in the hospital a week. On top of the week I'd been sick, I lost a total of 41 pounds. Yeah. So then my body, I didn't know what was going on. So my body started to, my body was, of course, I lost all this weight. And when I got out, the first thing I want, I was hungry because I couldn't eat nothing but hospital food. I could barely eat that. And so when I got home, the first thing I wanted, I lived down the street from a Taco Bell. And I just was like, whatever. Told my homeboy, man, just go get me two quesadillas. I said, quesadillas. Quesadillas. You pronounce our L's around here. I said, I'll give me two quesadillas from Taco Bell. I don't care. And he got me a quesadilla. And when he brought it back and I tried to eat it, it was the most disgusting thing I'd ever eaten in my entire life. Really? Mm-hmm. And so then I tried to have a Gatorade, and it was disgusting. What I didn't realize at first was that when they cut off your airway for a tracheotomy and everything happens again, your taste buds and everything reset. Yeah. Oh, my God. So I started trying to eat again, and the problem was I couldn't eat the same normal plate size I could, mm-hmm. Just a, which is, would even be a regular plate size. I would get full super fast. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay. But then I realized I couldn't eat certain things. Like I couldn't eat anything red. Any red meat I couldn't eat. And, and you used to love that stuff? I used or? to love like hamburgers and steaks mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And I couldn't eat any red meat. But then I was like, okay, let me just, I was in my head. Well, let me just try to make something real quick, real light. So I would make some spinach and stuff, just vegetarian, vegan stuff real quick. And I could eat it and hold it. And I was like, huh? So then I kept doing it. But then I kept liking it because I know how, I know how to cook already. I'm already a great cook. I've always been that. I've learned that from my mom, from my aunt, who was a professional chef and everything. So I always learned to cook. So I make myself various vegan dishes, and then I would eat that, and I'd be, I'd be content. And I was like, yo, I think this is me now. Yeah. And so then I would like, every now and then I was like, yo, I just want to see if I can hold a chicken breast down. So I'd have a chicken breast. I was okay. like, cool. But then I just knew that 98% of 98, 97%, 98% of my diet, I'm vegan. So I tell everybody I'm vegan-ish. Like, I'm all the way there, but not not there, not fully. That's but, a series. <laughs> yeah, but, and so it's been great because since February of last year, I've lost 150 pounds. Uh, I'm down eight inches in my waist, down two to three shirt sizes. Wow. I feel as better as I've ever felt. My skin is cleared up. Uh, my skin is lightened up. My face is shrunken. My, you know, definition in my workouts have changed. So I've gotten better working out. I'm in the best shape of my life. And so, yeah, that's how everything came about. That's so inspiring. So, it's crazy because everybody was like, it's kind of like an, a blessing in disguise what happened. I'm like, yeah, if you look at it that way, it is. Mm-hmm. Because granted, I almost died, but it made me look at my life and everything that happened and completely change everything around for the better. And so that's why I'm here now. So do you even crave the stuff that you used to Hell eat? Hell yeah. Oh, you do? Let me tell you. So <laughs> okay. every now and then, I, I try to test my limits. So I can literally only eat a saucer full worth of food. Anything else, I will have to throw it up immediately. Okay. So I've tried to be like, yo, I'm going to have a bigger plate. <laughs> Run into the bathroom. Huh? I've done that. I uh, one day was like, yo. La- I remember April, matter of fact. I was in Salt Lake City for Fan X, uh, Salt Lake Comic Con. They brought me out. And I was with my homeboy, and he was like, yo, we're going to this burger spot. And I was like, man, I want a burger. 
And so he bought me a cheeseburger and I ate it. And I was like, man, this is delicious. And less than five minutes later, I was in the bathroom. All of it came out. My body was like, you going to learn. And my body literally will stop me. I cannot hold it down no matter how much I want to. So I really have had to adhere to the new dietary plan I've set for myself. Yeah. You know, a lot of people have medical, you know, doctors set a dietary restriction for them. It was literally my body telling me, no, you're not going to do this. And so I have no choice but to listen to it. I wish my body would do that. No, you don't. You don't want this. You don't want this headache. You don't want this headache. Because there's been times I've eaten, like, I can't overeat vegan stuff. Okay. I can't overload on vegetables. Like, if, because I'll drink a lot. I drink way more water than I've ever drank. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you can fill yourself up with too much water. And I got to go throw it all up. And it's yeah. really, it, it, it's, it's a pro and a con. Like, my, my roommate was like, you're believing. I was like, I'm not my doctor was even like, you're not you're not, forcing I'm not forcing myself up. to do it's right. Happening. It just happens. Yeah. It'd be a different story if I eat them like, well, let me go. Bleh. But no, my body I used is, to do that. And you don't want to do that. Yeah, no, you no do, one wants to do that. You don't want to do that. And so my body will kick it out. But I've, I've learned how to say, okay, you have to exhibit self-control. That was mm-hmm. another thing it had to teach me self-control. When you full, when I'm full, I'm full. I can't be like, yo, I could have another bite or I could have another sip. I can't do that. I have to just leave it at what it is. So, wow. yeah. I mean, you're so right. My um, main squeeze just got back. He was at a ret- like a whole detox kind of retreat. Mm-hmm. And now he's slowly like he wasn't eating food for the week. Basically, he was eating. They gave them watermelon for a little bit yeah, of yeah, it. Yeah. And now he's gotten home. And at first he was just eating greens. Mm-hmm. And then yesterday he made like a stir fry and put some chicken in it. And he goes so tired. He was like, I don't feel right now. Yeah, because his body had readjusted. His body detoxed and cleaned everything out. So now yeah. it's really starting. And then and then he made a cauliflower. <laughs> he made a cauliflower crust pizza and got like almond cheese. <laughs> And he also, he was very kind, then got like regular cheese for me and made a separate pizza for me. And I first tried the almond cheese pizza and I was like, "Eh, you know, it tastes like cardboard. I dipped it in ranch, not going to (laughs) lie. And he was like, try the other one. And it was like night and day. I was like, when you hear, that's one thing too about this vegan diet. Like you try so many different things. Like when you hear all these different nut cheeses, it's like. That just doesn't even sound right. Right. I'll be honest. As a kid who used to talk a lot of shit in, in on the south side and when i was in school nut cheese was an insult so it's having you know what i'm saying like <laughs> oh nut cheese face like i'm not finna sit there and say yo i'm gonna get this cashew cheese like i'm gonna get this almond cheese it just don't sound right you know what i'm saying and I'd so they're not and so right it don't sound right to me but i get it like i still this whole thing with almond milk and everything like yo almonds don't have titties yes. like i can't you know things <laughs> like that but I, i've learned how to look past it like i've done the whole uh buffalo cauliflower Parmesan cauliflower like that. I will. I made a cauliflower pizza. I made a vegan. Uh, I made a vegan pizza the other day. I made a vegan lasagna. I oh. made my own pad thai. Yeah, I do all this myself from scratch. Okay, I feel like you should open like a vegan restaurant. I would if I had uh, five more minutes of free time. Just I five. Know. You're so fucking busy. <laughs> you know, it's just I, I want. I actually want to do that. I actually want to. Uh, I was literally in my house the other day trying to figure out how can I set up my camera. And record myself cooking and everything. Yeah, you should to, do that. Just to throw it on my YouTube channel. Oh, my God. I would watch it all day. On top of everything else I throw up there. So, yeah, I'm you, thinking about that. I, I mean, literally, especially for someone like me who just has – I now live with someone who wants yeah, yeah, to yeah. eat like you. And he had the same thing. Like, his skin has, like, gotten clearer. Like, dark circles have – he looks 10 years younger. It, that, you know what? That was the thing. Like, people – I didn't – because you don't pay attention to it being the person. Yeah. Other people have to tell you. And so when people are like, yo, your skin and your eyes lightened up. Brighter. I was, I was like, what? <laughs> 
And then I looked in the mirror. I was like, okay, I guess. So, but I didn't, you know, said so I didn't know it. But yeah, I, you know, it's been great because a lot of people wouldn't have believed that I would do it until they started seeing the difference. Yeah. People who've known me were like, oh my God, you are a completely looking, different looking person. I just was doing a show last week and a buddy of mine, he's a comic from Chicago. He lives out here and he walked past me, walked in the back. And then I just happened to walk back there. And he was like, I swear to God, I did not know that was you up there. Mm-hmm. It's like, I didn't know. He was like, I thought that was you, but it was way too small. And I was like, <laughs> what the hell is that? Okay. Well, because like everybody's used to me being, I'm, I've always been a bigger dude because I used to power lift, but then I stopped. And then I just tried, like I said, I was trying to work out and then I was just eating everything. And then my depression and my mental health was going bad. My, uh-huh. my breakup had messed with, messed with me a lot. Situations dealing with trying to live out here had messed with me. So I didn't, you know, take, take myself as serious. And now it's like, oh, it's a completely different person. You know, people, I, I was posting on my Instagram a lot. The fact that I bought these jeans and these are size 38. Mm-hmm. I haven't worn a 38 since I was in high school. Oh my gosh. And so, and these are actually getting loose on me. So the fact that, you know, those little things have been, those have been morale boosters for me. That's so cool. Yeah. Are you an emotional eater? I'm sorry, this is turning no, 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 into no, 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 no. Um, yeah, I have that's a, what I am. Yeah, I have, but I, mine comes out of a sweet tooth. Okay. So I delve into sweet. I have a really bad sweet. I already have a natural sweet tooth. Uh-huh. But if I get emotional, I just want all type of sweets. And yeah. so I have to find my way to fight past that now. Mm-hmm. I've, uh, I'll, if I get emotional about something, I'll grab a bunch of water. I'll power water down. Okay, so that's a good way to deal with that. I yeah, I had, that. I had to think of something because I didn't have nothing around one time. I was like, I want something fucking. And I just grabbed some water. I and know. Then... Usually for me, it's like a bottle of wine, but it's probably just like that. You know, sometimes it's just the motion of drinking something. Yes, yes. And so, yeah, just grab a bottle of water. I just grab Duh. a bottle of water and go. Just, it's like. Putting something in and water's much better than a cupcake oh, <laughs> or a bottle of wine. Wow. And yeah. have you had to change like your persona on stage? Because I feel like your presence has to be different. I mean, your friends said you well, look different. Well, the, the only difference is I can talk about it more. Uh, I've always been high energy on stage. Yeah. But I think the thing is now I'm high energy and not tired. Got it. Because I would be high energy and afterwards I'd get off stage and just be, <sighs> okay, give me a minute. Give me a minute. Now I'm like, I'm good. I'm, I'm good. I think it, it didn't change much. It just gave me a little more confidence with myself. Um, because, again, being a bigger dude, I would always try to cover up and really? try to offset it. Yeah, I was always wearing things to cover up so you, you could see, but you couldn't notice everything. Now I'm like, all right, I can wear stuff that form fits in a sense, and I don't yeah. care. Who's on your shirt right now? Oh, this is a Black Panther shirt. Oh, it's a cute I'm shirt. A, I'm a comic book dude. I'm a ner- big nerd, so... I'm, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a nerd. I've been a nerd since I was a kid. And so now. Oh, my God. I love that. Can you take us back? So Jay's jersey is Chicago. Yes, my jersey is Chicago. South and side. South side. Born and raised. 7642 South Winchester. <laughs> Inglewood. <laughs> in the hood. And um, I was always a nerd growing up. I, I would always play video games, read comic books, draw comic book characters. How did you even get like into that? Just we couldn't. So my mom was very overprotective of us, and rightfully so. My, yeah. I grew up during the eighties and nineties where it was very violent, mm. and so there's a lot of gang violence. And so we were always in the house, and so to keep us, you know, we would have friends who would be outside, but my mom didn't want us to go because at any moment a shooting or something could happen. Mm. So she would buy video games and 
you know, I would go to the store with her and pick up comic books and then my friends would introduce me more comic books and then I would just read them and whatnot and get into them, get into the stories. And I have a very vivid imagination and I was into cartoons and everything. So I'd be drawing stuff I see and whatnot. And so that always carried over till I got older. And now I can make a career out of it, which is great. Right. <laughs> I mean, I had a manifestation like guru on and she asks you all those questions. Like, what have you always been good at? What have people always told you you were good at? Like, this is what yeah. you should be doing. It's funny because I never, you know what I tell people, I never thought that my nerddom, which was considered so taboo back in the day, mm-hmm. would be something that I could, you know, utilize and, like I said, make a career out of it on top of on top of everything else. And it, it helps me to just connect with a lot of people, especially being this big nerd. And, and like you said earlier, I'm on Collider and a lot of these other networks in my podcast. Oh, yeah. And I've found out being... I found out that I'm an inspiration to a lot of other black nerds, men and women, even brown, you know, brown kids as well, who are like, yo, I didn't know somebody out there was like me who was just from the hood who wouldn't be afraid to talk about it. And I was like, yeah, this is me because now it's become marketable to be that. And I'm not one of those people who are being this just because it's marketable. Mm. This is me. Like this, this is just who I am. And so like my, my family members, they like, well, they go figure it's you. You know, my, my aunts and them be like, I get it. It's you, something you do anyway. So at my family and all them knew, like, it's part of me. Mm -hmm. You know, I've always been unique with the mindset of I never wanted to be or do what everybody else is doing. Mm -hmm. I never wanted to be like everybody else. I always wanted to be like me. I always wanted to, you know, make something that would just be unique to me. Now, granted, I always wanted to be a superhero or now supervillain. And you're working on it now. Supervillain. Supervillain. Supervillain, yes. Oh, you're still a superhero. (laughs) That's what everybody says, like, because I have the whole whole hashtag on Instagram that I always do when I work out that says supervillain status. Uh And everybody's like, why did you say the villain? I'm like, everybody underestimates the villain. Mm Mm-hmm. Everybody underestimates the villain. But they're the most entertaining ones. They are. They're very entertaining. (laughs) I loved, you posted a quote from John Cena recently, and I want to read it to the meatballs because I found it very inspirational. I think it aligns with what you're saying. Um, He wrote, never forget that you have value. Many people will try to manipulate you to either take your value or convince you it doesn't exist. You do have value. Seek out those who understand and appreciate that. It will be one of the best choices you make. And I feel like, you embody that with going with what you feel like is your power and like what you were mm-hmm. into. Yes. Because how I, did you like, sorry, no, no, no. How did right you here. not, I mean, did people like make fun of you? Like when you were younger? Oh, like, absolutely. I was burned on the side of my head when I was two and my shoulder were boiling water and oh it used to gosh. cover the whole side of my head and all the way down on my right arm. And on top of having this birthmark in my head, my forehead, I used to be called everything from burnt biscuit, Jay watch washing machine all that stuff and i would be always ridiculed but the problem was i wouldn't say the problem thing was i knew how i had always had a quick sense of wit i could always fire back on people like that with no problem Mm -hmm. and so i would always have people try to down me oh you're never gonna be good enough even when i first got into stand-up i had people trying i had one dude was like oh you're just stealing jokes and i was like bro i never need to steal anything And I, people are like, oh, well, you ain't going to be funny. You ain't going to be able to do this and do that. And some of the same people who said that are still struggling in Chicago trying to figure out what's their next move. And I've been going out of Chicago four and a half years and still have done more than they've ever done. And they've been doing stand-up longer than me. That's neither here nor there. But I always feel like i got to rub that in. No, that's kind of – everyone needs to hear that. But also, like, when it came to me doing a lot of stuff that I do out here in Los Angeles on a lot of these internet networks, I've worked with various networks where I was putting my all in – to show that I can be a valuable member to the team and got passed over or overlooked. And even in one situation was because we don't need another black guy. 
to be very honest. Yeah, there, I'm in this in, in the internet world, especially in the geek and nerd sphere. Sphere, uh, it is it is very white male dominated, mm-hmm. and the fact that the culture has the world has shown that it's not just those who are geeks and nerds. Everybody are women are men are the LGBTQ community, all type of minorities. Everybody's a nerd. And at that with that, everybody wants that representation to talk and be able to to connect with them. Oh, yeah. And so I've had people who tried to be like, well, you know, you we don't need you here. And I felt devalued for that. And then, like I said, turn around, have people on my podcast and people hit me up and say, you are an inspiration to me. That's the value I bring. That's why I constantly bust my behind. Then on top of that, I'm a dad of two. And so the value of whatever I have to have for myself has to be enough to show into them. If I believe in myself, you all can. And I always want to inspire before I inspire anybody else on the outside. I want to inspire my children. My son 16 will be 16 in November. My daughter will be six in in uh, my daughter. My son will be 16 in November. My daughter will be six in September. And I want them to always be inspired by what their father did to show that he never backed down. He always pushed and persevered that he made a way when there wasn't a way he sat there and said, there's no such thing as I can't. I can't. I will. I remember I was always told that. Don't say you can't. You can. You just got to find a way to do it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Was that from mostly your mom? Yeah, I was raised by my mom. My father passed when I was five. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom was a single mother who raised my brother and I, and especially in Chicago in the eighties and nineties. Again, it was very rough and very difficult. And so she went through a lot to make sure that we stayed on the straight and narrow, and we, yeah. you know, we tried to have the best, the best uh, possible outcome for lives. My brother, you know, he he does what he does. My brother's locked up right now, but mm. me, you know, I'm still persevering and pushing through. You know, I'm just trying to be the best man I can be at the end of the day. I find you so inspiring. Thank you. Thank How you. did you get out of Chicago? Were you doing stand up there? Yes, I started. Okay. So my whole story starts with me being a professional wrestler. I started back at the end of '99, 2000, being a wrestler, and uh, I'd always loved it since I was a kid. And one of my buddies, one of my best friends still to this day, he was in Windy City Pro Wrestling. And we used to wrestle in my grandmother's front lawn, and she would get pissed. Like, she'd be like, yo, can't y'all do that in somebody else's grass? Yes. (laughs) She'd be like, can't y'all in somebody else's grass? And so we would always do that. And so I remember uh, my my boy, his name's Atlas, he would join Windy City Pro Wrestling. He was like, yo, you should come join. I was like, yeah, let's do it. So I get to the school, and I meet Sam DeCero who was the uh, guy who was running it. And Sam was like, yeah, it's going to be $2,500. I was like, I won't be training. And so, You're like, think you next. <laughs> I can do that. Okay. All righty. And so then I go, you know, Atlas ends up leaving and goes to another promotion. And they were training. It was $40 a month to learn. I was like, cool. That works. And so then I learned how to be a wrestler. And, you know, I started having the matches and traveling. How around. old were you when that was going on? Like 1920. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I just pretty much gave my age away. And people would never guess it oh, unless I told them. It's fine. But, um... So, yeah, I ended up doing all the shows and whatnot, and then at one point I ended up having a neck injury. I was messing my neck up doing this. And the only reason, only reason I found out was because I worked for a chiropractic company, and we got free x-rays. And I'll never forget getting my x-rays done, and the chiropractor was a black woman. She was like, come here for a second. She was like, uh, you see that? I was like, yeah, my neck looked good. It's straight. She was like, your neck is supposed to bend like a backward C. Yours is almost going straight up and down. Oh. I don't know what it is you're doing, but you need to stop or your vertebrae will fuse together. Oh, no. I was like, well, got to make a choice in my life. Oh, no. So luckily it hadn't gotten too bad, though. She, she gave me the basic exercises, the physical therapy to go ahead and get the curve back on my neck. But then... I um I used to always, at the same time while I was wrestling, I would always write funny statuses on Facebook. Mm. And there was a girl who had moved from New Orleans to Chicago. She had an entertainment company. And she was like, you're funny. 
You ever thought about doing stand-up? And I was like, kind of, but no, I wouldn't know how to get into it. Right? That's all our first thing. You're like, how do I go about <laughs> doing She was like, let's have a meeting, and then we'll set it up. So then I went and did my first open mic on a, like a week later. Uh, she was like, you just got to write five minutes worth of jokes. I was like, that's it? I'm good. Because <laughs> I can kill in wrestling promos. I can talk talk junk with the rest of the best people. You know what I'm saying? It didn't matter. So I did my first five minutes, and I murdered. I was like, oh, I got this. I'm good. I went back the next minute, the next week with another five minutes. I bombed so hard. I was like, what the hell just happened? You're like, this doesn't feel good. I was like, this ain't, this ain't, this ain't right. This ain't, this <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> what always happens, though. Your first time is always fucking fire. It's magical. Yep. And then you go up all confident and shit the second time, and it's just like cricket. I was like, the, the fuck just happened? And so, <laughs> That's so, so then I bombed, but then it, after that, it you know started getting better. I started pushing myself. I remember my buddy, Ryan Buds, had did 100 sets in 100 nights. And I was like, I think I can do that. And I ended up doing 150 sets in 100 nights. That's so cool. Because I just pushed myself. But then fast forward, I ended up getting an agent, going on auditions. I booked commercials. And then I finally booked my first movie role in Spike Lee's Chirac. Mm. And I'd come out here to Los Angeles to see it, to see if I could do it. Because I'd done so much. I'd already been on the road. I was headlining and featuring on the road. Mm. I was doing all this in the clubs and whatnot. So I was like, I think I need to push myself further. Mm-hmm. But I was with my daughter's mom at the time. And I was like, if I want to make this move, it needs to be okay by the both of us. I want to do it, but we both need to say it's cool. Because we were living together. We had our, you know, saying we're about to have our kid. This needs to be good on both of us. In Chicago. Yeah. So I came out here because I've been divorced from my son's mom. Uh-huh. So I have two different, my kids have two different mothers. I know. Go figure. Black guy. Uh, <laughs> it's fine. You're popular. I'm popular. Right. <laughs> so, but then I came out here and I saw it. And then when I decided, I was like, okay, I can move out here, but I need something to have happened. And then that's when I booked Chirac. And when I booked Chirac, I was like, all right, I probably just got a smaller role in it. That's it. I didn't know until I went for fitting that I was one of the main co-stars and being right next uh, alongside Wesley Snipes the whole movie. And I was like, okay, well, all right. Okay. And so that was the catalyst to say, all right, I have something behind my name. I didn't want to come out here with nothing behind my name. Mm-hmm. I said, I can come out to Los Angeles. And little did I know it was not going to be as easy as I thought it was. Yeah, shocking. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm in a move. When I came out here, Chirac was about to come out in theaters. You are like, I'm here, guys. <laughs> I literally was like, yo, the, that's the billboard for the movie. I'm in. Yo, I'm, I'm the dude all it. through the trailer. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, but that happened. And then luckily it was enough to help people like, I know who you are. It was a little name recognition and things like that. So I got a chance to do other things. And then I yeah. still had to prove I was funny out here. And so it just kept going with those things, just pushing and pushing. It meant and that's a lot. my story. And that's the story of how it literally all started. Really? Mm-hmm. I mean, were there like setbacks though? Like absolutely. It sounds... Are you, you ready? You ready for the setbacks? Yeah. For a year and a half, uh, I would say maybe for the past like past two years have been good, but from like the end of like my first year to maybe yeah like a year and a half, I was homeless. Uh-huh. I lived out my car. I lived in hotels. I was struggling, scratching and surviving, and people barely knew. A lot of people yeah. would just see me. I would go. I would, you know, I would stay, sleep in a car, take a shower at the gym, things like that. I had a buddy who came into a lot of money. He was buying me hotel. He was getting me hotel rooms for the week for me to stay up in there, and I was able to do things from there. Uh-huh. I had a lot of setbacks. I almost jumped out a seven-story window because I was just done. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until my friend who, my, one of my best friends, he moved back to Milwaukee. He was like, I'm taking you to the hospital because it was at that point because I was having breakdowns a lot. 
finally got into therapy, which I've been in now for like two years. Um, so I've had a lot of setbacks. I've had a lot to overcome. Like it has not been all rainbows and sprinkles. Not at all. <laughs> it's been a lot. It's been a lot where I've had to overcome my own personal demons. You know, I tell a lot of people, this city is meant to break you. Oh, it is meant to break you. You know, a lot of people think that, oh man, I see people making it or, or they'll even talk about me and be like, yo, I see you doing it. I'm like, yo, I am. And I'm grateful, but you don't know everything that came before this. Mm -hmm. You don't know some of the downfalls I still have during this. So it, it's a lot to keep yourself up and pick yourself up. And, you know, again, I bring up my children and I felt like at a point I was failing them mm -hmm. at when I was at my lowest point, I was like, I'm failing them. And I was like, I'm better if I'm not here, mm -hmm. you know? And so I've pushed through all that. What do you recommend someone doing if they're at that point? Uh, like what helped you get out of that? Stop being selfish and stop being, I don't know if selfish is the word, stubborn. Mm -hmm. Seek help. Yeah. And it, you know, it, it may, you know, it may seem as easy as talking to a real good friend who really wants to hear you. Who like, I've had friends who literally like, yo, I'm on my way to your house. Mm -hmm. Sometimes being on the phone doesn't help because you know why? You can hang up that phone and be done. And be done. Yeah. If somebody's in front of you that you can't just hang up on them, yeah. you know, and a lot of people are like, yo, call the suicide hotline. You can hang up on that. Mm -hmm. Granted, they'll send the police to your crib or somebody to your house, yeah. but you can hang up on people. Mm -hmm. And if you feel like you don't want to do it, go somewhere and get help personally. You know, we all think, man, I can push through it. I'm from, like I'm saying, being from Chicago, being from a black family, it's always, you good, just pray on it. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm going to pray on it. Just pray on it. And, I mean, I still pray. I have my relationship with God. But at the point I had to realize there was a chemical imbalance in my brain. Mm -hmm. And so I had to push forward and go do that. And I, I think now that we as a country are starting to see that this is a very big issue, mm -hmm. that it's being taken a little more serious, and especially in the black community. And I, I kind of hate the fact that it takes celebrities to be the ones to talk about it. Like, it... It's not just celebrities dealing with this. It's regular people. I, I'm a regular dude at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I deal with these things, and I know other people who deal with them. So I think people have to stop being stubborn because in order for us to do these things, we're stubborn. We're like, I got to deal with this myself. Nobody else is going to help me. We have to be able to pull that veil down and say, I can do this. I can reach out and get help. It's, I mean, that's so helpful to hear because I even, I feel like there's so many voices in our heads. Oh, absolutely. Nonstop. I mean, I could go for hours just like you know circling about certain things and getting deeper and deeper and deeper and darker i was just talking to my therapist yesterday and uh, i was talking about how i always feel i feel guilty a lot of times because i feel like i'm i'm guilty because i'm not where i should be yeah because my i have to do more for the people who need me and she says you do do a lot your guilt is part of your depression that's your depression telling you you're not doing enough mm -hmm. but you have to sit back and appreciate what you have done what you are doing i'm like Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, I'll stop. I'll stop now. <laughs> so yeah, but those things, yeah. But and it just takes someone reminding you of that. Absolutely, you know. But th I think the thing is too. You, it has to be somebody you're willing to let in. Yeah. Because you can have people tell you that, and if you're not willing to let them in and willing to listen and willing to even it. believe it, you don't hear it at all. No. Those are just they're just dead words. I need the number to your therapist. Uh, <laughs> just kidding, meatballs. Uh, but not. Uh, <laughs> I want to know how, because I'm, fa first of all, 
Jay texted me yesterday and was like, wait, are we podcasting today? Because I apparently mixed up the dates. <laughs> and I was like, no, I have it. It's Wednesday. And he was like, no, no, no. I circled back. It's definitely Tuesday. <laughs> and I was like, fuck, um, can you do it tomorrow? Um, and I think divine timing wise, it was meant to be today because today is actually my grandfather, Benny Marfuji. It's his, it would have been his 105th birthday. Oh, wow. He was a professional wrestler. That's divineness isn't that so that's, cool that's cool that's super cool yeah my brother and my parent we have like a group text going and he sent us it's shocking because he was a professional wrestler like way back in the day in like the 60s and they sent us there's he's like on a website like you can actually you know see his face and stats his name was jack Steele. Um, <laughs> that's, a, that's definitely a 60s wrestler right? name Give it up for Jack Steele <laughs> It's just so funny <laughs> And yeah it's so cool And then my dad was texting us being like Oh but your like great grandmother actually used to like Promote wrestling events and stuff too Here That's him Isn't Oh that, that is crazy? crazy So happy birthday grandpa Benny um, Yeah Nice It's so cool He actually And that parlayed into he was in a movie with Anthony Quinn called Requiem for a Heavyweight, and he played. He was like Anthony Quinn's trainer oh, on nice. set, and then they just put him in the movie. And then because of that, he got he had like a little background role. It was supposed to be bigger, but it turned into being smaller for The Godfather. And so that wrestling like helped like a whole like kind it is catalyst to a career. Yes, it was. And I feel like that relates a lot to you. Well, yeah, definitely because it's it, especially when it comes to stand up. Yeah. Stand up and acting because it teaches you to be able to perform in front of crowds. It teaches you to be able to perform for the camera. Mm -hmm. Because I started doing first, I was doing little wrestling shows that were just for the little crowds in the audience. Yeah. But then I was doing shows for that were getting taped and put to DVD and being sold and whatnot. So you had to perform not only for the crowd but for the people that are going to watch at home and whatnot. And it's like okay. Then I did an internet pay per view and I was like. Oh, I get it now. So you learn how to perform on different levels. Oh, totally. It's, I find it's that fun. that has to be so much harder than doing stand-up. It's like you're doing both. It is. It, it's, it's, it's a little more difficult because you have to remember about placement where you are. You know, are you performing for – you're playing to the cameras. You know, are you performing to the crowd. You know, can people see this? Can they feel this? Are you projecting this? Yeah. It's sort of like a regular performance. It's just that it's a little more violent. You know, it may just be me doing a backflip off a top rope, things like that. I can't, I mean, I can't wait to come to one of your matches because it's, I just can't even picture you doing that. <laughs> That's insane to me. It's so cool, especially because I dance and I, I choreograph. So yeah, like, yeah. The fact that you can do, it's kind of like choreography. Oh, it absolutely yeah, is. Isn't it kind of, it's absolutely like Is it all planned? Please reveal all the secrets. Okay. Tell us everything. So here's what I'm going <laughs> to reveal. Like, tell us everything. Drop all the knowledge. <laughs> Spill all the tea. Here it is. Please. So wrestling is choreographed. We consider it. We consider it dancing. There are two partners, or if it's if it's a tag team, it's four partners. Everybody's dancing. We make the moves go in sync, so it's in harmony, so everything looks crisp and clean. Okay. Now, predetermination of winners that can happen, and that sometimes doesn't happen. You know what? That's such a mind fuck. You you go in not knowing whether or yeah. not, but there's choreography and it's set. Yeah. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, so those things happen. Um, Are you naturally competitive? Yes, I've always I have it because it's like I I want I'm competitive with myself first and foremost. Okay. So like I just recently got back in the ring six months ago and like back to doing wrestling on top of everything else, and I always just want to be better than I was before. Okay. Like the first time I got back in in July, I was like I hadn't been in the ring with a regular match in like four years. 
So I knew I was going to have ring rust in me. I'd been training. I'd been back in the ring taking falls and bumps and everything. It's just like stand-up. Right, but I hadn't been back. I hadn't done the reps. Yeah. And so then I took it, like, boom. But then I had my match last month, and I was like, there we go. That's that feeling, and that's feeling better than before. Uh-huh. I was able to move around. So many people saw me. They were like, how do you do that? Yeah. It was like, you're not supposed to be able to. I was like, I know. I know I'm not. <laughs> I know I'm not. So, yeah, it's it's it definitely is choreography, though, and it's definitely on both participants or however many people are in that ring involved in that match at the time because it has to flow smoothly if it does not if everybody's not in sync people can be severely injured yeah do you guys have rehearsals like how does this all work (laughs) so like with any choreography you plan out the moves yeah you plan it out that's pretty much the rehearsal all you get and as far as like people think oh do you all guys go in the ring and do it all out no because i might not get to the event to the venue Till two hours before showtime, just the same time you do. Okay. So, and then we are talking to everybody else, and we may barely have 30, 45 minutes to choreograph what we're doing for 10 to 15 minutes. Okay. So, yeah. So, it happens like day of, you spend mm-hmm. like 20 minutes. If that. If that. And then in some cases, you don't even fully choreograph it, as you call it. We do what's called walk and talk it. You go in the ring and let everything happen. Like Migos? Yeah. Walk <laughs> it, like it, talk it. Walk, walk like, it, like I talk it. it. I love yeah. it. <laughs> See, you're speaking my language now. I get it. Choreography. This is all helpful. Uh, Migos. Migos. It's a whole thing. Offset. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know if I like what Offset should come up in this. No. Offset was just, wait, didn't he just do, um, I mean, I wanted to talk about this later, but we could talk about it. No, he wasn't on the VMA thing, so we won't. I want to know. <laughs> how do you feel? I'm obsessed. Um, and if casting directors, producers, whatever, are listening, I want to be on the show Glow. I um, want to be on the show Glow. We, we both need to campaign for this. I want to be on the show Glow so bad. I know so many of the guys they've used as the wrestlers. Right. Like You need to be. like The fact that you're not working on it, helping on it. <laughs> I'm trying it. to figure that out. Oh, hopefully, my God, Jay. Hopefully, I have this new manager who that's the first thing I'm going to put into her when they talk about season four. Yeah. Um, it's definitely, have you watched all of season three? I haven't had a chance to catch season three yet. If you see the final episode, you're like, oh, there's definitely going to be Okay, cool. Four. I can live with that. Yes. <laughs> uh, but you know what? You see a lot of shows that they have a final episode of season. You're like, it's definitely going to be another season. They'd be like, like it's canceled. Oh. No fucking way. But, I, I will quit Hollywood. I, <laughs> I have no faith in humanity. I, I if know. This is yeah, but I, I know the people. I know uh, Kaya Stevens. She plays a uh, welfare queen. I know her. Oh my god. So yeah, I know some people on there. I've oh, always. You need to watch this season just to watch her. Okay. Okay. Oh cool. my gosh, she's amazing. She's an amazing person. She's been great from what I've seen in the first two seasons. So I already know that. Oh, means... she shines. Wait, just wait. Okay. So yeah, I want to be a part of that. I definitely want to do that. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna manifest that in the air. So you're into Glow. I'm okay. definitely into Glow. I, wanted to... I remember Glow when it was the actual TV show back That's in the day. A lot. I don't remember. I think it was like right before I was a yeah. old enough. Yeah, I was into the TV show, so what, I remember. Were it. you? What was that like? It was just watching women wrestle because I was always used to seeing the WWF or watching world class championship wrestling at the time, and and you would see the women as you know some valets and managers, and you would see a, maybe one or two wrestlers, but it was a whole show predicated on women wrestlers who were just as badass as the men. And I was like, okay, I like this. And then it, I remember it and it just disappeared. It just went away. Mm-hmm. That might be the fourth season. Just, <laughs> just why it disappeared. <laughs> oh, man. Do your kids want to wrestle? Or are they my into son, it? So my daughter, I, don't, I think my daughter cares less. Okay. My daughter just cares about PJ Masks, SpongeBob. Um, She's six? Peppa Pig. Yeah, Peppa Pig. Oh, Peppa Pig. They love Peppa Pig. <laughs> Peppa Pig. Is I robots when you brought up. My son... <laughs> My son is is ridiculous. My son is uh he's an honor student, plays the tuba. Congrats. Thank you. He's um he's a sophomore. 
who was just in the paper in Indianapolis for being a football player on the varsity season to watch, who was just turned around the next day and named the captain of the varsity team. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. The Indianapolis Colts need a new quarterback. Oh is he, is well, he's he a de- down? Well, my son's a defensive end. He's a defensive end and linebacker. So okay, he's, okay. my son's a defensive person, which he know. We, him and I have talked about this. It's defense. That's what counts. Is it? It's defense. I love it. So, yeah, he, he does that. That is so cool. He, I think, and that was one of the funniest things to me, uh, being a dad. My kids, to them, I'm just dad. Mm-hmm. They don't care really? about it, they don't care, which I'm, I'm glad for too. Mm-hmm. I'm glad, but at the same time, it stings a little bit. Like, really? like, like my son would tell me, he told me one time, he's like, yeah, come my my classmates, friends. They's like, they seen you on TV. I was like, that's just my dad. And just blew it off. I love that you're doing such a good job then though. Yeah, it's like, this is my dad. <laughs> my daughter, she'll be watching like YouTube stuff or whatever. And like, I was in a commercial that was through YouTube. Uh-huh. And she was like, I showed my, she's like, that's daddy. And that was it. It's just like, that's daddy. Uh-huh. So. I love your, is it D-Bank commercials? What bank is TD it? Bank. T- yeah. TD Bank, yeah. Those are, I love when Where you're I was singing. singing. Oh yeah. my, guys, you have to just, I think they're on your website. They're on my YouTube. You're on your YouTube They're page. on my YouTube. I think they're on my website too. You can just Google TD Bank, um, TD Bank Hold Music and TD Bank Maintenance Guy. It's so Those funny. two are man. Matter of fact, I did a McDonald's commercial that haunts me to this day. Why does it haunt you? Because. <laughs> oh my God, you're so convincing. Here's why it haunts me. I believe everything you say. I appreciate it. And I'm mad, I'm mad I'm going to tell you exactly why. <laughs> I had one line in this McDonald's commercial. It was an internet commercial. My only line throughout the entire commercial was, this is some serious chicken. Now, as a big black, ex- <laughs> you see how you sighed for me? I got it. For, so I had well, to I say, believed you. I said it with so much <laughs> conviction and enthusiasm after taking 97 bites of this chicken sandwich. This is some serious chicken. And so one of my good friends, my former uh, radio show co-host, he took a clip of it and replayed it and then put it in slow motion and played it on my, bur- and he has it on Facebook and oh retagged me on Facebook. I said, I hate everything you stand for. <laughs> everything. He goes, this is some serious chicken. This is some serious chicken. This is some serious <laughs> chicken. I hate you so much. That's amazing. I love it. Yeah. Um. Do girls, like, are you dating? Do girls come up to you because of this shit? You, I, I wish I was dating. I've Really? Not, yeah. Meatballs, I, you heard it here first. Yeah, I wish I was. Single and ready to mingle. I definitely am. I've, uh, so surprising thing i have very low self-esteem i think i'm the most unattractive dude in the world oh my gosh it's but no. I, it's from being teased when i was younger and even being heavier and still and everybody's like well you had a ex-wife and all this i was like i still didn't know how they were with me and like i have tried to like this literally happened out here this is a true freaking story and this is months ago uh-huh. i tried to talk i was trying to talk to a girl out here and i remember her friend was like she thinks you're just too scary because you're so big i was like what I was like, I don't come at nobody like, hey, you want to get to know me? I'm very, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm never aggressive in that sense. Like, yeah, if you, everybody oh. everybody who knows me, like, that's just a big-ass teddy bear. Yeah. And so, like, it's been, I, you know. I Who has thrown down. Yes. In a sexy way. You're damn right. And it's just, it's, just, it's, it's been difficult because also I do get lonely. Yeah. And 
it, it that is one of the things that I you know a lot of people are like yo you got to focus on your career I'm like I do that's the problem I would like something else to focus on sometimes aside my damn career that I remember when I was single one of the hardest things was coming home after shows and just being alone yes people don't get that yeah people think that it's a great like it's cool to do it sometimes it is. but every time it's not it's like a lot of there's a lot of things I have going on a lot of good mm-hmm. stuff that is happening that I haven't told the world yeah. that I would like to have a special someone to be able to call and be like hey girl let me tell you what's going on and then hopefully she can be you know happy excited for me while i can be excited for her so yeah me dating i i would love to it has not happened unfortunately and it sucks what do you like what are you into i am into a woman who has a great sense of humor who can hold a conversation Mm -hmm. who i can listen to and she can listen to me uh who you have a you have a just that you have a fire behind you you're passionate about something just like I am. We can push each other. We can build together. Those type of women. I'm not I'm not one of them dudes like, she got to be a model, all this, that. Because I've talked to models, and I've run to shoot myself in the face. Uh, guys, I, we live in L.A. They're in the wild. They're I mean, in the you wild. You bump they're, into them everywhere. They're like mosquitoes. <laughs> like, people to see all these Instagram models or these, you know, saying, quote, unquote, celebrities. I'm like, yo, they have the attention span of a gnat. Mm. And I want to stab myself in the throat with a spoon. And I've already had a tracheotomy. Like, <laughs> So that's how bad it is. <laughs> you know, it's it's you meet so many people. Also, I've met people out here who are so shallow and self-centered and also just what can it do? What can a relationship do for my career? And it's like, I don't I don't care about what you can do for my career because yeah, I can really do for my career myself. It's hard. I it mean, it's very it's very difficult when it comes to out here. I'm learning. Yeah. Like if I was back home, I don't it would be difficult, but not as difficult. Because, again, I think it's something about that environment. The Midwest Midwest people and people who even just come to Chicago understand that a lot of people ain't taking that bullshit. Yeah, but it's here because everybody has this facade. Everybody has to try to be somebody else. And we're all working on a career. We're building, it's- and that's fine. But it's also, I'm genuine. No matter who you're talking to right now, is who you get. Yeah. You notice. You talk to me off this mic, outside this podcast. I'm me. Oh, totally. I don't, I don't have to be anybody else. There's so many people who feel like they have to be somebody else. Yeah, it's like ugh, I, just well, I hide get behind it. it. I never get it. Oh, God. So, I don't yeah. get it uh, So, say a single, definitely willing to mingle. Willing to mingle. Are you on any of the apps? I have deleted those apps 97,000 times. Oh, God. Do you know you need to, like, log out to actually not be in rotation on the apps? I did not know that till now, and I will do that. <laughs> You're welcome. Because I was like, I'll have it, and then I'll be like, why do I have this? And then just undelete. Oh. So, like, I can clear up this memory space for something else, and then I'll delete it. And so, yeah. Do girls come up to you after your sets? Because you're Jay's hilarious. We haven't really even gotten into like your stand-up mm. um you have a whole bit about disneyland oh my did just hating mickey mouse <laughs> i hate i hate the mickey mouse clubhouse and the things about it and mickey mouse and everybody's like how do you talk about disney like that and you cover their movies i'm like they'll see it eventually yeah and, but uh i've had the, the funny time funniest thing is the spirit airlines joke do people get into that one? Oh, i stopped doing that because so many people were doing it but people were like wow. i know the feeling yeah. They were like, I know it. But like, I've had women who've come up to me at the shows. The craziest part is they're either in a relationship or married. Mm-hmm. And I'm not that dude to sit there and try to intentionally break up your home. They want to side piece you. I don't mind, but let me know, do it without him being there. <laughs> You're like, I just want to blissfully not know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't want, because I don't need that. Like, you walk up to me and you flirting, and I'm like, okay. And then your dude walk up, and I'm like, Oh my god, that's savage! I had one. I'll never forget. I did one show 
where it was uh I'll never forget we were after the show, we were at it was a bunch of us at the bar, me, the girl who put the show on, her husband, her husband's friend and his wife, and we all just hanging out because I just like just wanted to talk to people. I ain't had nothing to do. And I remember the the wife of the other guy walked up to me and she was like, we were talking, and she was like, I wish I would have slept with more black guys before I got married. And I literally responded, you still can. Uh. <laughs> that was the first thing that popped in my head and out my mouth. Oh my God, there was no this. filter for me going, and you still can. And I was Stop. But it was like, it was just Did weird. Did you? No, no. Darn. We're, we're, fr- I don't, we're friends on Facebook, and tw- uh, all of us follow each other on Facebook and Instagram. God, like, that's a scary beast right there also, social media. I tell uh, everybody, if I didn't need it for the career, I wouldn't have it. Yeah, it's real. It. Oh, I would, man. I wouldn't have it. It's, uh, Because now you have to, with these careers that we have in entertainment, you have to be on it, and you have to develop it, yep. which is freaking, un- it's, it's a headache. Uh-huh. I wanted, I used to think, when I got to stand up, it was like, oh, I just get on stage, be funny, eventually people see you, wherever, however long it takes, they see you, then stuff goes from there. Now it's, I need to be on Twitter, build a big following on Twitter, build a following on Instagram, build a following on Facebook, do all of this stuff simultaneously while still trying to be funny, hopefully, and then hope somebody will see me. Yep. And everyone needs to know exactly what you're about at all times. And it's just, you're so accessible, which is also scary if you're in a relationship. Which that is, yeah. And it's also scary being a dad. Like, I don't mind posting about my kids when they do stuff. Yeah. But I also have this, like, my son's 16. My son has an Instagram page and a Facebook page. Mm. And I'm like, I just, I don't know. My son's mom has the access to him. But, like, I don't know how many people who are fans of mine just try to friend and follow my son. Yeah. You know, and that concerns me. Ugh. And it's tough also as a stand-up because you're supposed to be free and you're supposed to talk about anything. But well, yet, are we? Are we? Are we, are we? <laughs> have you seen the Dave Chappelle <laughs> well, on no, Netflix? Have you seen? Not even the net. Which, by the way, let me say this real quick. Yeah. That man that man opened mic two specials to get to one special. That's the so last crazy. two he did on Netflix, he did those two just to get to the one we just saw a couple yeah. days ago. But everybody was like, he ain't not supposed to talk about this. He's done two specials of it. And he even said in one joke, mm-hmm. He said, um, I'm saying stuff about the blacks, whites, gays, all this, and transsexuals. And you picked one thing to get mad at. Mm -hmm. That makes no sense. Comedy is this thing. We talk about everything. We do. We do. We we, we observe the world around it and make fun of some of the ridiculousness behind it. Of everything. Of everything. People are like, oh, well, you shouldn't talk about this because they're going through this. Well, we talk about black people and we're going through shit every day. We're here to make you laugh and to kind of forget about your problems. Forget about your problems. That's the point of comedy. It's the point. Yeah, and it's supposed to bring people together. No, I totally agree with you on that. Um, I want to, really quick, because we have to talk sports. um, We, I just want to know, what's next for you? Like, what what do you want? I know your hashtag superhero villain. Super villain status. Super villain status. What's going on for you? Uh, The goal is to either start, um, I'm working on writing, I've worked, I'm writing a pilot. I've written two pilots, and I'm working on trying to finish those up. But also, I want to be able to. I want to be in a sitcom. I want to be in a sitcom. I want to either that or start hosting on a big TV show, talking nerd them and pop culture at the same time. I want to take my love of what I do is also already and bring it to the masses. I mean, you're so. I don't want to call you basic, um, but like you can talk about so many things. Like you can talk about nerdum and yes. being vegan and you know. Athletic stuff and sports. I did a like, sports radio show yeah. before. <laughs> yeah. Like seriously, like you are, you do deserve your own show, and Thank I you. totally see that for you. So, Thank universe, you. 
fucking do it. Thank you so much. Um, I will put that out there. Uh, you've made it to the Just Enough with Jacqueline segment. Um, we talk just enough sports, so anyone can it. talk sports for the week. Um, I want to know what you think of Andrew Luck just retiring like that right before the season actually starts. I, I laughed so hard when I heard <laughs> it. I was like, because I didn't know the whole scenario at first, but all I heard was, Andrew Luck is retiring. Really? I was like, oh! But then when I found out, but also I found out why, and I was like, I understand. But then yeah. there is rumor that he is going to the XFL if it is around for the next year because oh, his father, his father's one of the owners. <gasps> So he'll take a year off. Good for him. He'll take a year off, let himself heal up, and also live out his no complete no compete clause for a year. Yeah. Go to the XFL and be the face of the XFL. Okay. So for you meatballs that don't care about football, that don't watch it, this is like Bethany Frankel quitting the Real Housewives of New York just unexpectedly before they started filming the new season recently. Perfect analogy. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what it is. And there's talks that she's going to go do another show for another network. See, that's exactly she, what it is. She literally is physically and emotionally beat up from doing the show. She can't like she can't anymore. She gave it her all and she's just done. And also another theory I have is that we'll probably see both of them eventually on the Dancing with the Star show. Eventually. Everybody, <laughs> goes, everybody goes to Dancing with the Stars. Right? Everybody goes. So, yes, for those of you that could give a fuck about football, Andrew Luck leaving the Colts is like Bethany Frankel leaving the Real Housewives of New York. Cool. Good to know. Great way to uh, put that as an analogy. Um, All right. Antonio Brown might quit the Raiders because of his health. I hope to God. I tweeted about this. I said he go up around and retire out of nowhere because (laughs) he just is like, I don't need y'all. And it would throw the Raiders into so much disarray. They would fire John Gruden in a minute. Really? Because Look, he's already gotten rid of. You let go of Khalil Mack. You sent him to Chicago. You let go of Amari Cooper. You sent him to Dallas. You don't have anything. And then you, the thing you thought that you got to help bring you back in Antonio Brown, who's already a diva in himself, which you decide to take a chance. So he messed around and go, they'll tell John Gruden, look, man, we are uh, going to have to rescind this contract. They ain't better do it. No. Nope. Wow. It's okay. And for those of you that don't know anything about Antonio Brown or the helmet thing for months, he's um, a receiver and he's insisted that he is allowed to wear his favorite helmet. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't go against like NFL regulations now. Well, he right? Can, right. There's a helmet he's been comfortable with. It feels right, but he didn't put in the request for the certain a lot a lot amount of time to have that helmet changed over from the one the Raiders want to give him. Oh, uh, okay. So See? yeah, no, it's it's a lot, guys. See, it's yeah. fa- it's fashion. That's what it comes down to. So it's a fashion. Just hats. <laughs> yes, it's a, I need a certain hat because it fits right on my head. It's just it's- hats. It's on the brim of my skull. Oh, man. And then, do you think preseason is too long? Yes. Right? Yes. I don't think we need four weeks of preseason. Uh, I think you can shorten it down to two and get right to it. Yeah. I mean, there's, and I hate because I'm not a big fan of the Eagles. Sorry if you're a meatball and you are, but their coach, Doug Peterson, said the only real change from a game to a practice is in a game, you don't get to do it over, at least in practice. If you make a mistake, we can line up and do it again. And that's kind of the point of preseason is like getting gelled as a team. And yeah, like that's figuring it. Figuring it out. That's it. Um, and so he said they get little better. Uh, they get better evaluation of everything in practice. So I agree. These people are getting injured. Like yeah. we just want the season to start. Look, you got Lamar Miller from the Texans who has an ACL tear. And that's through preseason. He was, a, he was supposed to be one of these biggest point-getting running backs for the season and out of preseason, he's gone. Not the regular season, preseason. That's terrifying. Yeah. If you're him, your career, your season, that's it. Your season's gone. done. And ACL tears are easy to come back but come back from, but at the same time, you're nervous. It's a mental thing behind it. Oh, God. 
Um, okay, so the VMAs are like the Super Bowl for me. Did you watch them? I missed them because it was Sunday. It was my birthday, and I was oh, out right. ripping them. So, yeah. I, I okay. I, I love the, the VMAs, though. Don't get me wrong. I am an award show junkie. Okay. So, I love the VMAs. This was just bad timing for you. It was just bad timing. <laughs> like, I live tweet award shows. Me, too. I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed. I, live, I don't want them to ever go away. Nope. I live tweet award shows. Love. So people, people be like, what are you doing? I'm like, yo, I live tweet award shows. I get about four or 500 new followers every time I do it because oh I'm cracking God, jokes all night. I need to do that. Yeah, because um, I'm cracking jokes all night. Oh, uh, We need to host an award show. <laughs> right there you go yes I'm <laughs> you heard with it, it here I'm first. with it I'm with it <laughs> no but it, it was so epic I have to talk about it because it took place in New Jersey which okay, is where yeah. I'm from and that was just huge in itself because I think it was the first time it was in New Jersey and they paid a lot of like homage to it they did an entire thing with just New Jersey born like rappers like Naughty by Nature there was Queen Latifah Wyclef Fetty Wap Redman they did a whole medley Oh, wow. It, it was incredible. And they celebrated them being from Jersey. They also, the Jonas Brothers performed. They did like a satellite thing at the Stone Pony, which is like Bruce Springsteen's place. And they did like a whole thing outdoor. It was, oh, I have chills talking about it. Um, the only thing I missed was watching Sophie Turner, um, one of the Jonas Brothers' wife. We, we needed just a vision of her just chugging wine and crushing a jewel because that's what she's really good at um <laughs> yeah because she's not good at being gene gray no <laughs> she was not good at being gene gray at all jesus she was okay being sons of stark so funny. <laughs> yes um oh i love that look at you you know your shit yes you do um but the best thing and i do you've probably heard me do jokes about missy elliott like i i think she's a national treasure her and ludicrus yes. i'm obsessed with them which i i'm a big ludicrus fan and people oh, don't so give chris underrated. bridges his credit that oh. he deserves oh my god oh my god i will stand on this chris bridges he's like a first of all a comedian if you break down his lyrics, lyrics he's a comedian i mean come on yes he's no, a com- he's, he's a comic on a rap brilliant and that's how i feel about missy too like missy's lines like there's a i teach dance classes and there's a line in pep rally that's one of the songs we do where she talks about potato salad and like making like potato salad hardcore and i'm just like you're a god did you listen to iconology no. Her new album is out? Oh, no. I haven't listened to it yet. Yeah, I listened to it. She did She did the first song. Throw it back. That's, yeah, that's what she opened One of with. my buddies put a tweet out, and it was the realest thing ever. He said, Missy Elliott makes songs for Japanese dudes to dance to. <laughs> It's so true. It's so true. It's so true. I don't really love the new stuff. I'm not gonna lie. This was him, but that, he says why he was saying his thoughts yeah. about her new stuff. He's like, she only makes songs because she's so progressive for just for <laughs> Japanese dudes to dance to. And once he said that, I just pictured the Jabberwockies on every single Missy Elliott video. That's it. Now they're gonna go on tour because of you saying it on <laughs> what's your jersey. Well, they did. She got like the Video Vanguard Award. I mean, she should. Her videos have always been amazing. Well, they basically just like recreated all the videos on the stage to the point where they even had the little girl from Gossip Folks. I Now I heard that. Yeah, they showed her growing up. Everybody was like, uh, yo. Uh, she was in this like Adidas yellow tracksuit. It was a whole, uh, it was a moment. But it was just, she's just so talented and she's still got it. She looked phenomenal. And if you it look was, at Missy, you wouldn't believe Missy's like close to 50. Not at all. No. You would not believe she that. She's better now than she did when she started. Ever. Yeah. Do you know where she started? No. With the group sister. <laughs> Jay just got so excited. Uh-huh. <laughs> you just dropped that knowledge and you knew I wasn't going to know. <laughs> He's so proud of himself. Yeah, she was with a group sister and uh, then she went by herself. Yeah. And it's like you look at the progression you're like, yo, she looks way better yeah. now than she did then. 
I didn't know. I was watching with another comedian, Rachel O'Brien, and she was like, oh, Missy has an autoimmune disease. And yeah, she has, she I got. think she has lupus. Yeah, she has something. Yeah. I didn't know that's how she, like, got thin, all that. Like, I didn't know that was why. Yeah, she she recently had opened up about it, I remember. Yeah. Tell them, because people asked what was going on, like, because she was real big, and then she got small, and everybody's like, yo. What's going on? What's going on? So she told everybody about it. Yeah. And then it, it was just also a really cool year, because I feel like the past few VMAs have been kind of like, meh. Like, just not so great, but... I think it's because we don't... So, it's hard to try to put in the, into words what people want out of award shows. Mm-hmm. Because we always hear, well, do we need these award shows? Yeah. People just glo- just sitting there pushing, patting each other on the back. Like, it's Look, fun. It's fun. Let's celebrate each other. It's fun. It's celebrate. It's entertainment. You know, because people go... Because it started with the Oscars and the Emmys, and now people yeah. take it to the basic award show, the VMAs, the AMAs, all these different ones. Like, yo, let it happen. It's fun. I want to host an award show. Right? I want to present an award. You will. You, you know, will. I want to present an award. And the award for best footwork in a Missy Elliott video. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. I remember I was so obsessed as a little girl. We lived out here for a year mm-hmm. when I was six. I remember I never I never had Taco Bell before, and I knew they were selling huge cups that said VMAs on them with Paula Abdul on it. And I made my mom drive to a Taco Bell the day of the VMAs. I was six years old, and get me I didn't want anything else but this giant VMA cup okay. with Paula Abdul on it. Like, and I've just always it's something I've looked forward to. I'm obsessed with them and. This year was also Sebastian Maniscalco hosted it, so that's just cool for the comedy community. Shout out from the Chicago dude right? too. People forget. People don't know Sebastian's from they the forget. Chicago they area. Think he's from like New York or Jersey. Yeah, Sebastian's Italian. from the Chicago area. So like I, the club I started at Riddles, they always they will always mention him because that's one of the first clubs he started at. Yeah. And so for Sebastian to do it is a big thing. He's one of those comedians who he just he's been doing it. And just came up through the back way. Oh, Jerry totally. Seinfeld helped him. His, with Jerry Seinfeld like, kind of endorsing him, pushed it up. But a lot of people would not have known who Sebastian Maniscalco was. Not at all. I, I briefly dated him right before he actually met his wife, Lana. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's so – I've talked about it on here before. Where, like, that was right when he got his first, like, Comedy Central, like, half hour. Yeah. Like, no one really knew who he was. And I remember him – Talking to me about going on auditions and being like, what the fuck? And like, but he's always stayed true to himself. I feel like he is more of like an amplified version, like a more exaggerated version of his like on stage. Yeah, yeah. All of that. But it was just really cool to see some someone go from just, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of like, you know, killing it at clubs in L.A. But it's a lot of people like Chris Red is that for me. Oh. I started with Chris. Really? I started with Chris back in Chicago doing stand up. And so and but he was already doing he was doing improv too. Mm-hmm. So to watch when Chris got pop star yeah. and when they started posting the articles about him and then when he got SNL, mm-hmm. like I made sure I text him and I would text Chris and I would say, Look, dude, I realize you were getting flooded. Yeah. Hit me back whenever you get a chance. Because you know some people will text people. He responds though. He no, he responds, He's but, great about but that. I'm just saying some people will hit people up like, yo, congratulations, and they try to get inundated. I'm like, yo, I already get it. Mm-hmm. I know what's going on. When you get a chance, hit me back. That's awesome. So, yeah, I'm happy for him. Like, I see a lot of people I know, and I'd be like, you deserve that. Yes. Well, I feel that way about you, Jay. Oh, thank you so I much. Do. I want you to host all the award shows. I want you to have your own show, and you're going to be killing it on a sitcom someday. It's happening. I know you have a lot of shit in the works. 
watch out for Jay Glow season four. Um, yes, please do. Please do. <laughs> now, the closing of the podcast, what we normally do, I have my guests do a reading of either a Lady Gaga song or a Britney Spears song. Lady Gaga retweeted something I did. So now she's like goals number one guest. I think we're best friends in my head, whatever. Um, but I thought because it's the start of the football season and you're an inspiring person, I picked a speech from a football movie that I love. Oh, so this is from Any Given Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what made me, that's what put two and two together real quick. Yeah. When I saw Al Pacino's speech and you said football, boy, oh, this is for any given Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to thank the meatballs for listening and all that. You can look through and maybe do pick a few lines that resonate with you and do it in your best, like Jay Washington, Southside Chicago, like inspirational way. So you take a look at that. Meatballs. Um, how obsessed are we with Jay? Like, this was one of the most inspiring, hilarious, just awesome episodes we've ever had. So please, please, please um, share it with your friends. I hope this I helped got you. You got it. Yep. Sweet. So please rate, review, subscribe, do all the things. I love you. And now Jay Washington <clears throat> doing Al Pacino on any given Sunday. The inches we need are everywhere around us. They're in every break of the game, every minute, every second. On this team, we fight for that inch. On this team, we tear ourselves and everyone around us to pieces for that inch. We claw with our fingernails for that inch. Because we know when we add up all those inches, that's going to make the fucking difference between winning and losing. Between living and dying. I'll tell you this, in any fight, it's the guy who's willing to die who's going to win that inch. And I know if I'm going to have any life anymore, it's because I'm still willing to fight and die for that inch. Because that's what living is. The six inches in front of your face. Mic drop. <laughs> oh, I got chills. That was awesome. You're awesome. Thank you so much. No, thank you so much for being here. You're such a delight and inspiring and just killing it. Appreciate so. it. Appreciate it much. Seriously. Yeah. Pimp yourself out. Tell everyone how they can find you. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mr. J Washington. It's M R J A Y. You should know how to spell Washington. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I should have to tell people that uh, check out my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash J A Y Washington eight uh, zero. The Mad Titan podcast, everywhere you get podcasts from, I get you caught up on everything that's happening in the Marvel and DC live action and cinematic universes. It is barbershop talk for nerds. So come on in the conversation. Uh, September 14th, I will be back wrestling for UEW Underground Empire Wrestling. I just pulled it up on my phone. Like, I really had it, and, like, I just let it go like a dummy. You're also doing an hour. Yeah, but that'll be tomorrow, Saturday. That's tomorrow. That's tomorrow, Thursday, when we record. So we're recording this different day. But uh, it will be... In Sun Valley at the VFW Post 10040. That address is 8548 Lancashire Boulevard in Sun Valley, California. Uh, doors open at 7. Bell time is at 730. So I'll be wrestling there. And again, everything you need, you can find through the social medias. Yeah. And I'll post all that on yes. the podcast notes so people can go watch you. Thank you so much. Yes. Follow him. Listen to his podcast. And also follow me at Jacqueline Marfuji on all the things. Um, you're the best. You are the best. Thank you. Thank you. Seriously, I appreciate this so much uh thank you for allowing me to be open book oh yeah yeah thank you for being so open and honest thank you. i wasn't expecting that i i mean jesus christ guys we learned all the things we learned about being vegan mental health depression wrestling comedy migos we did all the things uh, meatballs i love you please 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 keep listening and supporting the podcast and if you want to reach out to me or jay just email me at what's your jersey podcast at gmail.com um i hope you have a great week and i'll catch you on the flip side Bye. just put your paws up because you were born this way baby